Good evening, I'm Noah Walsh and here is the news on DCFM. Boris Johnson plans to bring the UK back to normality in the summer. The Prime Minister of the UK has uh, started a plan to open up uh, the UK again gradually uh, to eventually have everything back to normal come the 21st of June. This will take place in four stages, the first of which being uh, for schools to reopen uh, from the 8th of March and by the 21st of June, he hopes to reopen everything completely and remove social distancing guidelines. A man has died uh, in a hospital um, a year after being shot in Dublin. Barry Wolverson uh, died in Bowmount Hospital from severe injuries as a result of gunshots on the, tw- on the 17th of January last year. Another man uh, was also shot on the same day. Uh, but did not suffer any life-threatening injuries. Um, and after an uh, airplane engine failure, Boeing uh, advised, advises that uh, certain 777 uh, planes not to be flown uh, for the time being. Uh, on Saturday, uh, a United Airlines flight was forced to be brought to an emergency landing after the engine of the plane uh, blew up. Nobody was injured. Uh, from the incident. Uh, Following this, Boeing made an announcement that any 77 planes uh, with a Patton Whitney PW4000 engine should not take flight for now. Uh, And in other news, beloved music duo Daft Punk has announced that they will uh, be parting ways. They have been making music together since 1993 and have released multiple uh, successful albums uh, and have worked with many other established singers, such as Pharrell Williams and The Weeknd, uh, during their time together. And lastly, uh, for sport, in football news, French football giant Paris Saint-Germain suffered a 2-0 defeat uh, to Monaco at home last night. The loss leaves them four points behind first place Lille. And Monaco's triumph over Mircea Pochettino's side puts them two points behind PSG in fourth place. On Saturday, Everton got a 2-0 win over rivals Liverpool at Anfield in the Merseyside Derby, their first win away to Liverpool since 1999, leaving the sides level on 40 points in 6th and 7th place in the league. And the second set of last 16 first leg games in the Champions League is set to take place tomorrow night, uh, with Lazio hosting Bayern Munich and Atletico Madrid uh, welcoming Chelsea. Uh, which will be Thomas Tuchel's first uh, Champions League game as Chelsea manager. Uh, and that is all uh, for news for now. It's Monday evening and that means you're listening to Newswire on DCUFM. Today's show, uh, we'll be talking about student teachers paying for the Grail Talk to online, social media abuse in sport and the recent COVID vaccination hub set up in DCU. As always, you can contact us on Twitter and Instagram at DCU Newswire or by using our hashtag DriveTime. Or you can also um, use our chat function down below. So first of all, we're going to go to Sarah, who's going to talk to talk us through about James McLean and his interview with Claire Byrne today. So Claire Byrne was lost for words as she talked to Erin McLean, wife of Republic of Ireland soccer international football player James McLean, who described the level of abuse suffered by her husband on social media and beyond. The Derry-born football player James McLean has been the subject of anti-Irish abuse for nearly a decade due to 
his refusal to wear a poppy during Remembrance Week and he and his family have finally decided to speak out. Erin explained the sickening levels of abuse and threats the family has been receiving. Such messages include one James's brother had received the morning of the interview with Claire Byrne, expressing that they would like to set James alight and make his kids and wife watch. On the line, Erin said she feels scared for her husband, her children and her own safety by describing some of the abuse and threats James receives online and offline. She feels as though the level of, su- the level of suffering James and her family have had to endure hasn't received enough support from English soccer's anti-racism campaigns. This interview is a very strong piece of radio and highlights the personal effect the level of abuse online can have on a family. So just for you guys, do you think that football players like James McQueen should have to take a stance on semi-political issues like Remembrance Week or do you think they shouldn't? I think it's it's a sensitive topic. Yes, for certain, there's no denying that, but it's not like anybody's making like a political statement or expressing their hatred for an individual just because they, for whatever reason, choose to not wear a poppy. It's along the same levels of just taking a knee. It's whatever you believe in yourself. It's kind of a little bit hypocritical to go and give it kind of basically rip into someone's beliefs just so they don't agree with your own if you're not actively portraying hate speech and you're not actively insulting people to their face it doesn't give you a right to do that to them and to come after and people and threaten their family you're just making the problem worse it's kind of ironic because you're their problem then not the individual who chose to not wear a flower on their chest yeah i would agree with that as well even if if you separate the abuse and um taking a political stance like a political stance you can um, that's up to individuals and themselves, like whatever they feel, whatever they believe. But even the abuse, like he said in the interview, um, how the threats have affected his family and in putting off the ball the other day and he was even saying, like, how do you use your kids that people don't like mommy and daddy? Or um why like they have eggs thrown at their house or stuff like that. So even just to hear that is really hard as well. Um that's fair enough if people don't agree with his stance or don't like him, but I don't think um, he should be subjected to such a high level of abuse, especially on social media, um, just because of that. And even um, to ramp it up a bit more, um, there definitely should be like tighter security measures brought in online for this type of abuse. Um, I feel like some people think just because people are in the media or they're a famous group, they can just say what they want. But at the end of the day, these are real people, um, with real families, real feelings, and yeah, they shouldn't they shouldn't um, get so much hate just for what they believe in. So yeah, the next story that we're going to do is about student teachers and the Gwail Talked. Um, so Jack, it's over to you with this one. Uh, there is an outrage among trainee primary school teachers who have been told they must pay €650 Euro to attend a two-week immersion course in a virtual setting in a virtual Gwail Talked. All teachers in Ireland who wish to qualify have to do an immersive course in Irish as part of their training, which usually costs around or about €750. Euro. But in normal times, this price would include accommodation, food, travel, alongside the immersion course itself. Future teachers of the Department of Education are in protest, as they are still being forced to pay despite the course taking place online. Even with a €100 Euro discount, this is all they've been offered. Those who attended stays uh, funded uh, teacher training colleges can get a grant to cover the cost uh, but this is not available to those who are in private institutions such as Hibernia College. A petition has been set up and over 6,000 people have already signed. Uh, just a few questions for yourself lads. Uh, do you think the charge is justified just taking off 100 and trying to charge someone a 650 euro just to attend let's be honest a Zoom call? No I definitely don't think that it's justified. I think that's absolute craziness and it, like on it, the fact that they're even trying to charge is just 
it's it's madness to me because obviously it's a completely different experience online than to be in in the in the Gale talked itself like I remember myself like I know I was young but I went to the in second year and even just two weeks of me being in the Gale talk being around people actually speaking Irish daily like just daily talk that's what's actually going to help these teachers to be able to speak Irish in a better way not an online course so yeah no I definitely think it should be reduced way further to be honest what do you think Leona? Um, yeah, I agree with you as well. I also went to school talked um, when I was young and I have to say, even before I went, um, my Irish wasn't great, but coming home, you really like immerse yourself in Irish when you're there, like you hear it in the shop, you hear it in class, whatever. And um, a 750 just can't online, like what you could look up on YouTube or on Google Translate and especially um, for when they paid the um 650 i think it is like it's paying for their accommodation their food they're staying their their resources any trips they do um so you kind of have to ask the question like if you're just doing it at home from your bedroom what is that money going towards like who's um is that paying a wage is that paying for zoom licenses um you just don't really know it's kind of unfair uh, especially a lot of students have part-time jobs or they might have not been working at the moment uh to pay that like when they're just at home um, yeah, so this story is about the vaccination hub in DCU. So over 1,000 people received their first vaccine yesterday in the Helix in DCU. The Helix has been set up as a mass vaccination centre for those in the over 85 category as the rollout continues. The centre is led by Dublin-based GPs with a total of 104 practices being involved. They are being given the Pfizer uh, and BioTech vaccine and was, will receive their second dose in four weeks. A total of six clinics will run every second Saturday to administer vaccines for the over 70s category. Two other vaccines will be two other vaccine hubs will be set up next weekend with one in Cork and one in Galway. So just a few points to note on this. Um I don't know if you saw any videos or images, but I just thought it was really inspiring to see some of the older generation getting vaccinated. Um they were all wearing like their Sunday best and I'm sure it's really been a tough time for them with cocooning and staying inside. And so for them to get out and get vaccinated gives the rest of us a bit of hope. Uh, what do you guys think? I think it's really nice to see it because it just it's something positive. I think we've had enough of kind of negative news. And it's it's nice to see that it's happened in, in DCU that they chose us as one of the places to actually have it as, let's be honest, somewhere that's going to mark history. It's going to be great to see it then in a couple of years to know that's where it all went down. That's where everything started to make a turn. Yeah, I completely agree with Jack. I think it's it's um it's really nice and it's nice to see a little bit of positive news in all, amongst all the doom and gloom that's been going on at the moment. Yeah, definitely. Um, they're really good points to finish on, and especially um, it's kind of the DCU have with the HSE. So I don't know if you guys know, but last April they set up a COVID assessment centre in DCU, and um, I think it could have been the sports hall, and um, to isolate patients and to um give out tests as well. So I think that's really good. And um, even though we're on online from my respective bedrooms, uh, it makes me kind of happy and proud to be in a college that um, has great resources on science and people uh, like this that can uh, help towards the COVID-19 pandemic. So just um, some random stories from the day. Um, as Niall said in the bulletin, Daft Punk have Daft Punk, sorry, have split as a duo after 28 years. So the last duo of Thomas Van Galter and Guy Manuel de Hamso shared the news with fans in a video entitled Epilogue that was released earlier today. The video stayed true to Daft Punk's mysterious aesthetic and saw one member exploding. It was followed by the graphic Daft Punk 1993 to 2021. So they've been around 28 years and they've released a lot of great songs, collabed with a lot of great artists. 
and they're very unique in their videos and their um, bizarre. So I think that's kind of sad, but yeah, definitely left, left us with a lot of good tunes, anyways. So, of course, five Irish athletes have qualified for the World Finals in Madrid this Wednesday. DCU students Andrew Cork and Nadia Power have qualified, along with Leon Reed, Louis Shanahan, and Sarah Lavin. You can watch the races live on TG4 on Wednesday evening. It's really exciting for Irish athletics. Um, at the weekend, they had an indoor meet, and there were so many records broken, you just couldn't keep count. So, yeah, it's exciting, and you can tune in there if you want to see more. So the last story of the day, and um, the COVID-19 Cabinet Subcommittee will meet at half six this evening ahead of the publication of the government's updated Living with COVID plan this week. A recommendation for a phased reopening of schools in the coming is expected to be made, with a decision being made by Cabinet tomorrow. It is expected that Leaving Cert students, along with primary school pupils in junior and senior infants, as well as those in first and second class, will return to school on the 1st of March. And some classes, special schools reopen today and... Yeah, I'm sure that was a really uh, big step for some of those. So do you guys have any thoughts on that or anything, any of those stories? No, um, I think that's everything. Yeah. Yeah, it's all good news, to be honest. Yeah, uh, that's I it. I think just so, let's wait and see what happens. All good news. Yeah, I think um, we're in a good position. We're bringing a lot more good news in this week's show than in previous weeks. So that's something maybe we can try to keep up. So that's all for today. Um, thanks to Jack and Sarah for getting involved. Hopefully we'll have a few more faces next week. And if anyone will listen and yeah see you next week